0: Okay, so in this episode, I'm going to talk about a fascinating study just came out. It was uh, a literature review and meta-analysis on the effects of lockdowns on COVID-19 mortality. It was a Johns Hopkins study, and I'm sure it's going to be all the buzz in the media for a little while. But um, it was only 60-something pages long, so I thought, hey, I'll go through it. So I'm going to go through it with you step-by-step and unpack it for you. And that's what we're gonna be talking about in this episode of The Leadersmith Podcast. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so as I said, there was a, uh, I was watching the news this morning, there was this John Johns Hopkins study uh, about COVID-19 mortality and the efficacy of lockdowns. Now, uh, I do not claim to be an economist or, or a public health kind of specialist. I do have a PhD. Uh, my PhD is in organizational leadership, but this is a meta-analysis. I can read it. I understand what to do. I have my students working on meta-analyses right now. They have to, my graduate students have to do this uh, project with a hundred meta-analyses. Uh, and I have enough, um, economics uh, uh, credit hours that I can teach minor economics. I have a second master's beyond my MBA in public policy. So I kind of, I'm reasonably well qualified to be able to explain this. I am not the author. I am not suggesting that I'm the author or anything along those lines. But what I can do is go through this study with you and kind of help you make sense of it. So this was done it was an article printed in uh studies in applied economics it's uh under the Johns Hopkins Institute for Applied Economics Global Health and the Study of Business Enterprise okay so the authors Um, are are laying down some some basic concepts. So I'm going to read little bits of it along the way, and then I'll interpret it. And so the study was designed to determine and I'm quoting now to determine whether there is empirical evidence to support the belief that lockdowns reduce COVID-19 mortality. That is, if we lock everything down like they did in California, that it will somehow minimize the death rate or have a significant effect on it. So they looked at 18,590 studies That's a lot of studies. And they boiled them down to about 24 studies um, when it's all said and done, because they had to make sure uh, that they're getting, you know, apples to apples kinds of analysis. Now. The 24 studies, when you're looking at multiple studies, that's called a a meta-analysis. And you're you're basically saying, what do all the studies say about whatever the topic is? And when you do that, what you're doing is you're triangulating. This one will say a little bit more, that one will say a little bit less, and you're getting to a real solid um, uh, average or center point that you can really hang your hat on. Okay, so 24 studies were included in the meta-analysis, and so they would talk about things like shutting things down or shelter in place or or things along those lines. They said this quote: "An analysis of each of these three groups support the conclusion that lockdowns have had little to no effect on COVID mortality." Now, um, it's going to I'm going to explain how we get there in just a little little bit, but uh, it. The lockdowns, the the very draconian lockdowns, like think California, think um, Australia, did have some kind of an effect, but it was very small. It was only about 2% and change. Um, and so so what what's going on? You would think that those places that have locked down enormously would have had a, a greater uh, bang for the buck than just 2% difference than places that didn't lock down. OK, so I'm walking through it. That, that was just the abstract... Uh, Page three was talking about of of the 186 countries covered by the Oxford COVID-19 government response tracker. That's a big thing in this world. Only Comoros, I don't even know where Comoros is. It's an island country in the Indian Ocean, did not impose at least one type of uh, NPI. And that's a compulsory non-pharmaceutical intervention is an NPI uh, by the end of March 2020. So pretty much the whole world locked down in some way another. And so it's hard to get data to compare against, like, uh, here's your, generally, when you do a study, you'll do things like you'll have a, uh, here's where the, the people that experimented, and here's the people with the placebo, right? This is the control group. Comoros is about the only control that's out there. So it was hard to get good data. And that's why it reduced from 18,000 down to like 24 articles. Okay, so he said in uh, pages three to four, researchers at Imperial College London predicted that a suppression strategy based on a lockdown would reduce COVID-19 and mortality by up to 98%. Like that is quite a claim that you're going to reduce it like that. It wasn't like that. It didn't turn out to be anything like that. Okay, so one uh, researcher showed that quote across all countries and uh, and U.S. states that we study, the growth rates of daily deaths from COVID nineteen fell from a wide range of initially high levels to levels close to zero within twenty to thirty days after each region experienced twenty five cumulative deaths. Unquote. So what it's saying is it had essentially the same pattern. It would hit an area, there would be some effect, and then it would kind of level out on its own. Just not when you didn't need a lockdown in order to get there. Okay. Um, Let let me also clarify something. I am not Making a an argument one way or another. Okay, uh, I'm not being pro this or anti that or, or anything like this. I'm just unpacking what's in here and trying to give you some commentary to help you understand what's actually happening. Okay, so I'm not trying to. Uh, I, I'm an academic trying to interpret something that an ac- that academics wrote so that you can understand and you can can hear this. So please don't send me hate mail about this position or that position. You don't know which position I, I I'm in. Um, I'm just interpreting what's here. Okay. So there was no clear, the the article goes on. There was no clear negative correlation between the degree of lockdown and fatalities in the spring of 2020, which is really interesting. Uh, cause you would think that there would be some significant effect. Okay. Now they go on to define their terms on page five. Our definition, uh, to, um, does not include government reco- recommendations, government information campaigns, uh, access to mass testing, voluntary social distancing. But their definition of what they mean by lockdown, it does include, quote, mandated interventions such as closing schools or businesses, mandated face masks, et cetera. We define lockdown as any policy consisting of at least one NPI as described above. Okay, so those like more thinking like heavy handed kind of, no, we must close your business. We must close down the school, that kind of thing. Okay. So it goes on a little bit, and he's talking about the search strategy on page six. We used a wide range, I'm quoting again, we used a wide range of search terms, which are uh, combinations of three search strings, a disease search string, like COVID, Corona, Coronavirus, SARS. And so now here they're talking about how they're searching for this. We identified papers on uh, uh, on 1360 terms. We also required uh, mentions of death and deaths and mortality. And so that, That's how they're finding these 18,000 studies. And they're asking two primary questions. One, does the study measure the effect of lockdowns on mortality? Now, there's lots of coronavirus um, articles, but does it measure the effect of lockdowns on mortality? One. And then two, does the study use empirical ex post difference in difference approach? Now, what does that mean? It means it measures actual stuff, not theoretical, this is what's predicted to happen, but actual things. Well, after they screened those 18,000 and change articles, they got to 117 studies, which were retrieved, and then they reviewed those 117 studies. And then they, all studies were assessed, they say, on page eight, all studies were assessed by at least two researchers during this process. Another 64 papers were excluded, so they about half it, more than half it. Um, because it didn't meet the eligibility criteria, nine studies with too little jurisdictional variants were excluded. And I'll define jurisdictional variants because that's going to be important. Um, They were excluded. And 10 synthetic control studies were also excluded. So it has to be legitimate studies that actually measured something in real life, not just theoretical. Okay, the eligibility criteria. I'm again reading. Quote, we distinguish between two methods used to establish a relationship or lack of relationship between mortality rates and lockdown policies. The first uses registered cross-sectional mortality data. These are ex post studies. So it's actually who died. okay? so that's that's what it's asking. The second method uses simulated data on mortality and infection rates. And these are ex ante studies. Now, they're not going to use those. Quote, we include all studies using counterfactual difference in difference approach from the former group, but disregard all ex ante studies. So again, they're not using those. uh, And there's a reason for that. And we want to make sure that we're actually seeing reality. Okay. Given our criteria, page nine, given our criteria, we exclude the much cited paper by Flaxman et al. 2020, which claimed that lockdown saved 3 million lives in Europe. Okay, so you can predict or project, hey, we're saving so many lives and politicians want to run victory laps based on that. But Flaxman et al. assumed that the pandemic would follow an epi- epidemiological curve unless countries lock down. So based on a particular assumption, they can predict that. But Maybe that's not what happened. Again, we're still on page nine. Preferably, the effect of lockdown should be tested using randomized control trials, natural experiments, or the like. However, there are very few studies of this type. Of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You're not not taking time to dispassionately think about this. So they excluded all synthetic control studies as well. Okay. Then we talked about this term uh, on page 10, um, jurisdictional variance. For the same reason, we also exclude studies with little jurisdictional variance. And so um, if if the study is about the same place rather than – so let me explain it like this. If I can see the difference between California and Florida, then I can can compare. If I'm just looking at California and more California, you really can't compare very much. So that's jurisdictional variance. If it has little jurisdictional variance, it's not going to tell us very much. So they exclude based on that. They also talked about publication status and date. So we include all Expo studies. That's the real like really what happened studies, regardless of publication status and date. And then they said the role of optimal timing. Now, they say we exclude papers which analyze the effect of early lockdowns in contrast to later lockdowns. Um, So there's at least two problems that arise with respect to evaluating the effect of well-timed lockdowns, because if you time it right, you can get different kind of data or different type of results. So that's part of the way that they're looking at it. And secondly, they say this. Secondly, quote, it's extremely difficult to differentiate between the effect of public awareness to the effect of lockdowns and when looking at the timing, because people and politicians are likely to react to the same information. As figure four illustrates, all European countries and U.S. states that were hit hard. And early by COVID nineteen experienced high mortality rates, whereas country hit countries hit relatively late experienced low mortality rates. Okay, so there's different amounts of information. Maybe uh, people are better able to prevent what's going on, but the role of timing is important, and so they want to make sure the timing isn't messing with what's going on here as well. So they're getting a clear picture of what's going on. But they conclude this section by saying this quote: "However." if lockdowns have have a notable effect, we should see this effect regardless of timing. And we should identify this effect more correctly by excluding studies that exhaustively analyze timing. So you want to make sure that you're getting as clear data as possible. Okay, now we're down to page 12 under empirical evidence, preliminary considerations. They say this, quote, While the policy conclusions contained in some studies are based on statistically significant results, many of these conclusions are ill-founded due to the tiny impact associated with said uh, said statistically significant results. So if your sample is too small or if you don't have enough of of a group, it's hard to see if something's actually, you know, is this a real conclusion or is it as good as randomness? So... If I, have, if I flip a coin and I get it uh, twice and I get it on heads, wow, 100% results that I got it on heads. That's not really as good as if I flip it 300 times and then I see that really I'm going to get heads about half the time and tails about half the time. Okay, so that's kind of what we're saying. Uh, Ashraf, and I'm quoting again, Ashraf 2020 states that social distance measures have proven effective in controlling the spread of a highly contagious virus. However. That's that's a quote. And then then the authors go on and say, however, their estimates show that the average lockdown in Europe and the U.S. only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 2.4 percent. So what's going on? Okay, a little bit further down the page on page 13, quote, virtually all countries in the world implemented uh, mandated NPI's in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, I mean, pretty much everywhere you go they're doing it. And what they're doing is they're looking at what their neighbors are doing and then doing that same thing. Hence, most estimates are relative to doing the least, which in many Western countries means relative to doing as Sweden has done, especially during the first wave when Sweden, due to constitutional constraints, implemented very few restrictions. So only that little island in the, um, Indian ocean did less, right? Like they didn't do anything. And Sweden did very little just because their constitution did not permit them to do certain things. Uh, like the Australians are like locked down still at this time as I, as I'm talking and our constitution provided certain freedoms as well, even though things, you know, locked down some, uh, Sweden had even less. Okay. So that's like a, a, as close as you're going to get to a control group, Okay, a little bit further down on page 14, uh, Bandari et al, that, that, that means Bandari is the author of a study and his colleagues et al means and all the rest. Bandari et al, 2020, find relatively large effects of doing something, but no effect of doing more. This is a really important line to understanding what's going on here. Bandari et al find relatively large effects of doing something, but no effect of doing more. Now, this is again interesting because if you're doing something taking some precautions that's great that gets you there but if you do if you go all the way and you know knock um stamp out all the freedom in order to have this security against the coronavirus you're not actually getting any extra bang for the buck but you're losing all this freedom and that's a really interesting uh, something going on, a really interesting dynamic. They find no extra effect of stricter lockdowns relative to less strict lockdowns, and so they're going to explain how they how they look at that in just a moment. We state that the effects of lockdowns is zero compared to Sweden's doing the least. So if um, you know there's there's zero, Sweden's right next to it, and that's about a baseline or a control group. Okay. Now overview of the findings of eligible studies. So out of the 34 studies that remained after they pared down 18,000 to 160 something, they got down to 34 and then there were 22 peer reviewed and 12 working papers. Now there's a difference between a peer reviewed study, which is academics reading others, other academics papers and saying, yes, this is legitimate or no send this back. Cause he didn't think about X, Y, and Z. These authors said this thing, and they're not, they're not including this and they need to reform this. So that's a good Way, peer review is a good way to make sure that something is actually legit. Working papers are just working papers. They're just, um, they may or may not have the same strength. Okay. Geographically, 14 studies cover uh, countries worldwide, four covered European countries, 13 covered the United States, two covered Europe and the United States, and one was just Italy. Okay. Several studies found no significant effect of lockdown on mortality. Now, that's that's kind of bizarre. So now, listen, if it was just one study, you could see the one study saying there's no effect. And you could find another study saying there is a effect of five percent, 10 percent, whatever the percent is. Okay, so when you take all the studies and you aggregate them, you're triangulating on that variation in order to get what's probably a truer number. And that's what a meta analysis is doing. Okay, other studies found a negative, uh, significant negative relationship between lockdowns and mortality. Um, So for example, shelters in place, uh, showed that it reduced mortality by 35%. That's the high end. Now, um, and they find that employee mask mandates reduced mortality by 34%. That's another study. Uh, and closing businesses and bars reduced mortality by 29%. Now, those were some studies. Some other studies found significant positive relationship between lockdown and mortality. And so we, we find is that uh, we, so some, some authors found stricter lockdowns, Uh, higher O-X-C-G-R-T, that's that Oxford um, rating system, stringency increase, increased COVID mortality by 0.01%. So there's studies that show that the lockdowns actually increase deaths rather than minimize deaths. So we're all over the map here. So what are we we seeing? Um, Shelter in place increased mortality by 1% after 14 days sure there's other effects so if you shelter in place and you have it you're spreading to all your relatives they can't, you can't go outside you you're just breathing all the same air uh suicide rates go up all kinds of things happen that we aren't factoring in that we need to factor in if we're if we're going to really see clearly okay one all uh, one um uh, author is cited here, uh, Sabatu et al. 2020 show that government policies are strongly dri- driven by the policies initiated in neighboring countries, rather than the severity of the pandemic in their own countries. Well, that's interesting. So that's kind of how we we operate in the university. So I teach at CSU. And what we do is we look at what the county school systems are doing when there's going to be a hurricane or or once every seven years or so snow, right? Well, what what are they doing? If they're shutting down, we'll probably shut down. So that's what it's talking about here. We're looking at what the neighbors are doing. Okay, let me continue here. And uh, so so far, hopefully, I've I've unpacked some things that have helped you understand this. Um, and let's continue. So Ashraf, 2020. Uh, estimated that, quote, a large or small effect relative to the 98% reduction in mortality predicted by the study published by the Imperial College of London, Ferguson et al. Um, so this is the subject for our meta-analysis in the next section. Here, it turns out that, and it gives a bunch of math here. So some of the math, it averages to only an effect of like 2.4%. So instead of this 98% reduction of mortality that that was predicted you actually only see this really small effect of about 2.4 percent when you have this much more heavy-handed uh shutdown or lockdown okay uh i'm now to page 24 section four and so i'm going to leave the link below if you want to look at the study on your own you're more than welcome to look at it on your own and and see it for yourself um page uh 24 section four. So it says mortality is measured as COVID-19 related deaths per million. And they go on and say, our focus is on the effect of compulsory non-pharmaceutical interventions, those are NPIs, And the policies that restrict internal movement, close schools and businesses, ban international travel, among others. We do not look at the effect of voluntary behavioral changes. So voluntary mask wearing, for example, the effect of recommendations uh, when when governments recommend that you do these things. They're not looking at that. They're looking at the effects of when government is locking down now. What's interesting about that is, if the government just puts out information, people make decisions without having to have a mandatory, you know, effect, you know, some kind of ban by the government. People already start making those decisions because who wants to get sick, right? So they can do that on their own. Okay, now they talk about quantity, quality dimensions. This is very important because this is how they strain the studies. So there were four quality dimensions. So the first was. Is it a peer reviewed or working papers? And you wanna have as much peer reviewed papers as possible, right? Long and short time period. But why does the time period matter? Because if you have a short time period, you don't know if your data is good or not. Like if you're locked down over a long time period, then you can probably see more results than over a a much shorter time period. So they say short data periods, quote, yield biased results if lockdowns only flatten the curve and do not actually uh, prevent deaths. Okay, then the next one is no early effect on mortality. And what they mean by that is they want studies that... um, Well, let me read it. It says on average, it takes approximately three weeks from infection to death. Okay. However, several studies found effects of lockdown on mortality almost immediately. Well, that shouldn't be right. Something else is going on. There's other variables in it's it's somehow contaminated. So you don't want early effects on mortality or, and then finally, the fourth criterion was social sciences versus uh, other sciences. So Epidemiologists and researchers in natural sciences should know more about COVID, but social sciences uh, scientists are experts in evaluating the effects of policy decisions. And so we're we're leaning on studies by social scientists about the effects of policy decisions because that's what this paper is about. Right? So. You want to have four of four uh, categories, if humanly possible, of these four quality dimensions. You want to have all four. If you have three, it's reasonably strong. If you only have two, mm, what are your conclusions? If you only have one, what good is it? Okay, so here's some of the conclusions that they got to. And I'm quoting here. We also considered including a quality dimension to distinguish between studies based on excessive mortality and studies based on COVID-19 mortality as we uh, believe that excessive mortality, uh, excess mortality is potentially better measure. What they mean by that is we know how many died in 2019, how many people in your country died in 2019, how many died in 2018, how many died in 2017. If in 2020, you see a big spike above and beyond that, Well, then that should tell you that something else is going on. Let's say 100 people died in 2018. Uh, Obviously, it's more. uh, Let's say 100,000 people died in a particular country in 2018, 100,000 in 2019, 100,000 in 20. uh, Now it's 150,000 in 2020. Well, that spike is probably caused by something. OK, and that's what we're talking about. So we want to look at excess uh, mortality. Now he says, first, data on total deaths in the country is far more precise than data on COVID 19 related deaths. And what they mean by that is like we actually know how many people died. Okay. But how many people died from COVID 19, that's hard to determine. And he's, and again, they're academics and they're being as fair as possible with the variables. They said, first, data on total deaths is far more precise, which because COVID deaths, Quote, maybe both underreported due to lack of tests, like we didn't know if it was COVID or not, but they died, or overreported because some people die with, but not because of COVID. Now, that's an interesting variable, right? If they die with COVID, they're reported as a COVID death, but it might have just been that they died of something else and they had COVID simultaneously, or that COVID was a comorbidity kind of something where it was happening at the same time, but it wasn't necessarily COVID that did it. So it's hard to determine what's COVID and what's not. Secondly, they say, "quote A major purpose of lockdowns is to save lives." So, to the extended lockdowns or uh, to the extent lockdowns shift deaths from COVID to other causes like suicide or other things along those lines, estimates based on COVID nineteen mortality will overestimate the effects of lockdowns. So, let's say hundred people die uh, because of COVID, uh, but you know if suicides go up from 15 to 30 now it's actually not just a hundred that die of covid it's actually 115 because of the excess from suicide it's not covid particularly getting them but it's something else that's doing it and he, they they go the other way as well likewise if lockdown saved lives in other ways so for example fewer traffic accidents people weren't driving as much during covid right Um, In fact, there were some people that I know that had their insurance give them a refund for lack of miles driven during COVID. Okay, so maybe there's fewer traffic accidents. Lockdown effects on mortality will be underestimated. So we have to try to take in the full picture. And that's the point of what we're trying to do. Okay, so I'm now down to page 28. Stringency index studies. Okay so hopefully this is making sense so far stringency index study so they said seven eligible studies examine the link between lockdown stringency and covid-19 mortality that is how severe how draconian are the lockdown measures all studies are based on the covid-19 government response tracker that's that oxford study that we talked about earlier the stringency index so the oxford stringency index Quote, neither measures the expected effectiveness of lockdowns nor the expected costs, but it's based on nine equally related parameters. So they're not concerned with whether, you know, your economy is going to crash or their suicide out or whatever the those the other effects are of uh, of the lockdown. Okay think about this like the higher you go in the scale the more that your uh the, the more draconian the measures are so the common estimates show that uh, the effect of the average lockdown in the, in Europe and the United States with an average stringency—that's the the term that they use—of seventy six and seventy four, respectively, between March sixteenth and April fifteenth, twenty twenty, compared to a policy based solely on recommendation, like "Hey, warning, there's a problem. Uh, you want to do something about this? Wear a mask or whatever. Uh, not a you must wear a mask, but you know it's probably a good idea. That would be a stringency of only forty four percent. And then they did the math, and I'm not going to get into the the deep math, but the average lockdown. In Europe, between March 16th and March uh, April 15th, 2020, was 32 points uh, points stricter than the policy based only on recommendations. And the United States, it was 30 points stricter than a policy just based on recommendations. Now, the total effect of this lockdown, and I'm I'm reading here, the total effect of the lockdowns compared to the recommendation policy was, and they do some maths and they show you know what the average is, and it's only like a 2.8 percent difference in the death toll like in, in mortality. So it's a very small degree difference in if you have these draconian lockdowns and if you don't. And so that's where the study is going. Um, and they say this based on stringency index studies, we find little to no evidence that mandated lockdowns in Europe and the United States had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality rates. Now, uh, you know, Please, by the way, don't don't be hating on me. Early on in one of my earliest podcasts, I had a friend who was my age. I'm 48. He was in my elementary school class and he was um, on a ventilator like, you know, it's not supposed to hit people our age. Uh, And so I was you know, saying, hey, look, this this can happen. I want you to hear his story because I want you to know what this is like and then you can make your decisions from there. That's kind of like what they're doing when they're saying, uh, having a uh, a recommendation policy. I want you to have facts and I want you to understand what's going on. And then, you know, you make your decision. That's different than draconian lockdown. Like you may not go anywhere. Your business must be closed. You must work from home or schools on Zoom or whatever. Okay. They go on and say, to sum up, we find that the studies that meet at least three of four quality measures, remember we talked about these four quality measures, um, that ha- uh, that lockdowns have little or no effect on COVID nineteen mortality. While studies that meet two of these four quality measures show a small effect. So if the the stronger the quality measures are, the more quality measures, the less effect that these lockdowns seem to show is what they're saying. And again, those were peer reviewed versus working papers, uh, long versus short period of time, no effect on mortality and uh, social science versus other sciences. Okay. I'm all the way to page 32 now, and I talked about shelter-in-place orders. So this is like some of the most draconian of of all the measures as well. And he said, we have identified 13 eligible studies which estimate the effects of shelter-in-place orders, that's SIPOs, on COVID-19 mortality. 41 states in the United States issued uh, SIPOs in the spring of 2020. But usually these were introduced after implementing other NPIs, such as school closures or workplace closures. So it gets a little murky because of that. He said the table demonstrates that the studies generally find that SIPOs have reduced COVID mortality by 2.9% on a precision weighted average. So some are higher, some are lower, but it's an average of 2.9%, which isn't a whole lot. Okay, especially not when you were predicting like 98% will not be affected or something crazy like that. There are four studies that meet all quality dimensions, but vastly had vastly different effects. The precision-weighted average of the four studies is minus 1.0%. One, one, 1. Four studies meet three or four quality dimensions, and they overall find that SIPOs increase. Now, four studies meet three of them, and those, those studies find that SIPOs increase COVID mortality as precision-weighted effect is positive of 3.7%. Okay, five studies meet two of four, and it's actually uh, five studies that meet two of four quality dimensions or fewer find a substantial reduction in COVID-19 mortality of minus 34%. So you're kind of all over the map, depending on how quality these studies are. Now, if you have fewer studies, that's bad, but if they're quality, that's better, as opposed to you know, you can do go the other direction as well. And you can have, uh, you know, fewer, uh, you can have more studies that have fewer quality, but are you really getting anything valuable out of that? Okay, so let's continue to move on. The overall conclusions on SIPO studies is we find no clear evidence that SIPOs, sheltering in place, uh, had a noticeable impact on COVID-19 mortality, right? So that's like the most draconian thing you can do, but there's no noticeable impact like academically. And when I say that academically, like statistical impact, it is meaningful. Like if you say that something statistic in academic writing, you're saying that it's caused by something other than just randomness and chance. Okay, let's move on. So 4.3, uh, 3, this is section 4.3 on page 36. This, uh, studies of specific NPI. So there's a total of 11 eligible studies look at multiple specific NPIs independently or simply lockdown versus no lockdown. The variety in these definitions can be seen in the analysis of non-essential business closures and bar restaurant closures. And the differences, they say, quote, the differences in choice of NPIs and the number of NPIs make it challenging to create an overview of, of the results. But the lockdown measure varies from study to study. The estimates of... Uh, and the effect of face masks is based on only two studies. So there's only really two solid studies that within this criterion on the efficacy of face masks, but here's what they find with, with, you know, trying to reduce these with the proper variables. Okay. Quote, there is no evidence of a noticeable relationship between the most used NPIs and COVID-19. So the most used ways of like school closures and go to zoom and, and, um, you know, work at home and whatever, overall lockdowns and limiting gatherings seems to increase COVID-19 mortality, although the effect is modest. So a, f- a modest effect means, yes, something is happening, but it's not terribly significant. It's not very meaningful, um, 0.06 and 1.6% uh, respectively. And border closures had little to no effect on COVID-19 mortality. Yeah. Once, I mean, once it gets in, it's just going to spread. Um uh, within uh, With a precision weighted average of 0.1%, uh, mm-hmm. removing the imprecise outlier. OK, and so, yeah, at a certain point, so if you could have prevented anybody with COVID from entering the country before it got here, that's a different story than once people get in and between closing airports or people coming over the border or whatever else. I mean, you have to lock it down before that. Otherwise, it's too little too late. Okay. Quote, we find a small effect of school closure. Uh, this is minus 4.4, but this is uh, this estimate is mainly driven by one particular study. Uh, and as we noted earlier, they use an interrupted time series study uh, approach and may capture other effects such as seasonal and behavioral effects, which makes that particular study not really that useful. Okay. Um, mandating face masks, they say. And now, this is going to be probably the most controversial part here. Mandating face masks, an intervention that was not widely used in the spring of 2020 and in many countries was even discouraged, seems to have uh, have a large effect, minus 21.2. But this conclusion is based only on two studies. So you can't really say much about it because you don't really have enough evidence like remember the flipping the coin example two studies isn't enough to actually give you something that you can hang your hat on and say see face masks don't work or see face masks work whichever it is okay lou et al who, uh, 2021, who conclude that 14 of 16 identified random, uh, randomized controlled trials comparing face mask to no face mask controls fail to find significantly statistic benefit in the intent to treat populations. OK, so it doesn't look like it works, but that's from two studies. Um, maybe it doesn't. Uh, let's Let's say that it doesn't. You can't really hang your hat on that anyway, just because of that. Okay, this does not imply, they go on, quote, this does not imply, uh, or does not necessarily imply that mandated face masks does not reduce mortality as other factors may play a role. For example, wearing a mask may function as a tax on socializing if people are bothered by wearing face masks, even when they're socializing. So they, you know, they just wearing a face mask may cause you to stay at a distance or not go out or whatever. There there are other confounding variables. And the authors are honest about that. Next, page 38, quote, only business closure consistently showed evidence of a negative relationship with COVID-19 mortality. But the variation of the estimate effect is large. So it does it show it? Does it not? I mean, it's all over the map. Two of the larger effects are related to closing bars and restaurants. Okay. It makes sense. Closing bars, right? These people are drunk and not necessarily staying out of each other's space. Where in the supermarket, you know, if the face mask does anything, it shows me like, oh, steer clear of this person and walk around. Stop breathing their, their germs. Um, so Okay, I mean that's probably as the the idea that uh, I see the person with the mask on, and then I go, yeah, I'll give them a little extra distance is probably as or more effective than whatever's getting through that mask to begin with. Um, but closing bars, I can see how that would have an effect. Um, the precision weighted average of all estimates across all MPIs is 0.0, uh, 0.6, so less than 1%. So it's tiny, it's minuscule. So the overall conclusions for specific NPIs, they say this, quote, we find no evidence that lockdowns, school closures, border closures, and limiting gatherings have a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality. There is some evidence that business closures reduce COVID-19 mortality, but the variation in estimates is large and the effects seem related to closing bars. <laughs> okay. So, and there's, both restaurants and bars were there, but bars was really the heavy hitter. And that kind of makes intuitive sense. Okay. Finally, this is Section 5, Concluding Observations. This is page 40. If you're following along, if you're trying to read this while you're listening to this, they say this, quote, overall, our meta-analysis fails to confirm that lockdowns have had a large, significant effect on mortality rates. So, you know, locking down doesn't really do more than not locking down is what they're saying. The average, I'm continuing to read, the average lockdown in Europe and the United States only reduced COVID mortality by 2% compared with COVID-19 policy-based Uh, solely on recommendations. Sheltering-in-place orders were also ineffective. Uh, They they only reduced COVID-19 mortality by 2.9%. Studies looking at specific NPIs, that's lockdown versus no lockdown, face masks, closing non-essential businesses, border closing, uh, school closures, limiting gatherings, also found no broad-based evidence of noticeable effects on COVID-19 mortality. They go on. However, Closing non essential businesses seems to have had some effect, reducing COVID 19 mortality by 10.6%, which is likely to be related to the closure of bars. (laughs) Also, masks may reduce COVID-19 mortality, but there's there's only one study that examines universal mask mandates. So you you just the the evidence is too weak based on how they set this up to determine whether the masks actually have an effect on mortality. Now, uh, there's there's other evidence out there in other articles, and I'm not getting into that, but they did not find it. Okay, because, because they had a sample in a particular way. So this meta-analysis w- would not allow it because they didn't have a large enough sample. Okay, so the discussion, they say, overall, quote, overall, we conclude that lockdowns are not an effective way of reducing mortality rates during a pandemic. Now, what's really interesting is that the very next line. They say, our results are in line with the World Health Organization writing group in 2006, now this 2006 nowhere near the the uh current uh pandemic the in 2006, who state quote reports from the 19 uh18 influenza influenza pandemic indicate that social distance measures did not help or appear to dramatically reduce transmission so a hundred years ago we knew that this wasn't working um So, okay, they go on, quote, our findings are also in line with Allen's 2021 conclusion. The most recent research has shown that lockdowns have had, at best, a marginal effect on a number of COVID-19 deaths. And then they quote another scholar who concludes that, quote, interventions are generally effective in mitigating COVID-19 spread. But again, they're not great at, um, you know, having a real dampening effect on the spread. Okay. Now, academics try to be as neutral as possible. And if they're not being neutral, that's a sign that something's wrong. Like if they're like being really biased and not looking at both sides of things, that's a sign that this is not good academics. But they say this, quote, our review does not point out why lockdowns did not have the effect promised. We propose four factors. First, people respond to dangers outside their door. When the pandemic rages, people believe in social distancing, regardless of what government mandates. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that that's right. I mean, you know, when this first broke, even without mandates, people were like, you know, I'm I, like, I took the position of, you know, instead of going to Walmart, like every day or every other day, let me try to go once a week and be efficient about it and get in and get out and be, just be done with it, right? That's that's what people do. They, they make these calculations and they alter their behavior. So we believe that Alan, I'm continuing to read, so we believe that Alan 2021 is right when he concludes, quote, the ineffectiveness of lockdowns stemmed from individual changes in behavior, either non-compliance or behavior that mimicked lockdowns. Right? So if they're not doing it, or they're already doing behavior that mimics lockdowns, like me and my shopping trips to to Walmart. Um, and or <laughs> in place of Walmart, my wife ordering stuff on Amazon that comes to the door. They go on and say, quote, in economic terms, you can say that the demand for costly disease prevention efforts like social distancing and increased focus on hygiene is high when infection rates are high. Sure. People make these decisions like let people use their own brains and make these decisions. And guess what? They do. Okay, they go on a couple lines below. Kirby 2021 finds that voluntary behavioral changes are 10 times as important as mandatory behavioral changes in combating COVID-19. Right. So people already shifting to what's going on. And that's that's a large part of of what's happening, of why you're having very limited. So it's not saying that that the that doing these things that staying away from other people doesn't help some it's, it's suggesting that, but it's, it's also suggesting that without being heavy handed, without having to nuke them and say, you must do this, you must stay completely in your place. People are already kind of shifting gears. And that's why Netflix went through the roof. That's why Peloton stock rose in in the early uh, part of 2020 and and middle of 2020. Um, Okay. Back to this. So second, mandates only regulate a fraction of our potential contagious contacts and can uh, and can hardly regulate or enforce hand washing, coughing etiquette, distancing in supermarkets. So mandates don't actually solve all that needs to be solved. And so that's a, another part of this. Number three, they said third, even if lockdowns are successful initially, behavioral responses may counteract the effect completely as people respond to the lower risk by changing behavior. So you see people respond to high risk, they change behavior and then low risk, well, they change back and they get slack again. That's how people respond because it's not, not as much of a threat and so their calculation changes. I'm on page 42, by the way, if you're trying to follow along. Uh, fourth, they said, quote, unintended consequences may play a larger role than recognized. And they're talking about things like uh, SIPOs, the sheltering in place. Uh, which may isolate an infected person at home with his or her family, where he or she risks infecting other family members. You could also have lockdowns have uh, limited people's access to safe outdoor places such as beaches and parks, like they could get out in nature. And that's exactly what we did. Like, so I'm in South Carolina, and we didn't have like a shelter in place or, you know, that kind of thing. But we'll, we'll, what my kids and I did, we, we would, instead of going out and seeing friends, we'd go out and we found all kinds of nature trails that were not too far within a drivable distance. And so we spent time walking in the woods. And, and so we got, they got their exercise, fresh air, that kind of thing. And, but if you have a lockdown where you can't be out anywhere, that's limiting even that. And so there are consequences for that. They said this, quote, we we do find some evidence that limiting gatherings was counterproductive and increased COVID-19 mortality. And then they said, finally, um, a few concluding concepts. If timing is very important relative to strictness, this suggests that well-timed, but very mild lockdowns should have worked. However, there is little solid evidence supporting the timing thesis because it's inherently, inherently difficult to analyze. So they're not saying it doesn't work, but it's, it's really hard to get that right. That's what they're saying. Okay, what explains the differences between countries? Because different countries have different outcomes, right? Um, several studies, they say, point out uh, a less obvious factors such as culture, communication, and coincidence. Uh, For example, for the same policy, stringency countries with more obedient and collectivist cultural traits experienced larger declines in geographic mobility relative to their more important individualistic counterparts. So countries that are collectivist think like China and much of Asia and high obedience to authority. um, So this is like the opposite of the US, right? We're we're Uh, on, on all indications of all scales, like the globe study and other things along those lines, we're like the most, um, uh, individualist country on earth. Okay. And then the high, uh, obedience to authority, you know, so countries that are more collectivist and more obedient to authority are going to listen to that. It's not going to work so well in other places. Also government communication may have played an important, uh, a large role, so, I'm on the bottom of page four, uh, 42. So, they get, give the example of the Swedes. The Swedish health authorities were far more subdued and embraced the idea of public health versus economic trade off. That it's not just a public health crisis, which is what you hear on the mainstream news here all the time. There's also economic consequences. Like, if you shut down, these people's businesses are going under. We say, ah, so what? As if they didn't spend their lives trying to coordinate. Now, part of what's going on right now with the supply chain is because we've radically changed all the assumptions about how business gets done. And people who don't understand how business works, they don't even factor in these economic trade-offs. But these trade-offs are real and they're relevant. And to ignore them, you ignore them at your peril. Uh, they gave an example of the Swedes versus the Norwegians. And then the Swedes, by all kinds of measures, would do things like Swedes were less likely than Norwegians not to meet with friends, to avoid public transportation, and to stay at home. And by like 20 points, like 70, uh, 55 verse uh, 87, 72 per, uh, verse 82, 71 point, uh, verse 87 for each of those respectively. That is, despite a more severe pandemic, Swedes were less affected. Uh, in their daily activities. Okay, let me uh, continue here. So there's policy implications to everything that they've said here. And that that's really what we're going for. Uh, they say this, and this is um, the uh, middle, middle of the page on page 43. Our study fails to demonstrate, and this is really the conclusion, right? Our study fails to demonstrate significant positive effects of mandated behavioral changes, such as lockdowns, this should draw our focus to the role of voluntary behavioral changes. So if you just put out the information, let people decide, let people factor it in, guess what? They make most of the changes that are necessary as if you were heavy handed. Okay, a little bit further down the bottom, uh, the last paragraph, lockdowns during the initial phase of the COVID-19 pandemic have had devastating effects. They have contributed to reducing economic activity, raising unemployment, reducing schooling, causing political unrest, contributing to domestic violence, and undermining liberal democracy. And they conclude such a standard benefit cost calculation leads to a strong conclusion that lockdowns should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument. Okay, so the rest of that, that's page 43. It's a 60 page study. The rest of it is appendices and references and charts and things along those lines. But what's the conclusion? So the conclusion is, (laughs) I, I mean, some of my colleagues and I were saying this a long time ago, like, Don't don't say you must do this. Put out the information and let people like be reasonable and go, you know what? It's probably a good idea not to go do these things. And guess what? Most people will take care of themselves. They're responsible. Not everybody's going to do it. Well, what about not everybody's going to do it? Not everybody does it, even though there's, like people still violate the law, even though the law is there. People will still violate this policy, the heavy-handed lockdown, even though you make the policy. All you're doing is like adding extra pressure and angst to the process. Now, I don't have a quote for contemplation for today, but I have a concept. And that is, so I've, I've been into martial arts for years. And, I you know, one of the principles is use the least force necessary in order to accomplish your objective. So that is the way that we should be thinking about these kind of things. Like, what is the minimum force necessary in order to achieve the objective? And they they said, like, put the information out there. Government, your role is to communicate what's going on, to take care of the least of these. Like, look, don't do android. Andrew Cuomo and like, well, for the sake of equity, seniors have to go back into the senior center. They're actually the ones spreading it the most. Don't do that, but do communicate, do make sure that you're you're like, my brother's a health inspector, right? Um, And he's a health inspector in the county where my parents are. So you better believe that that that, uh, senior center, that that, uh, senior facility was locked down really well. Okay, so I'm not against them doing their due diligence diligence at all. That's that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that being heavy handed like they were in New York State, like they were in California, like they are in Australia. Don't do that just have respect for people and, and let them make their decisions. Hey, I've been way longer than I meant to be, but I mean, it was an important article and it helped you understand uh, how things actually work. So it was worth the time. Thanks for listening. And I, I hope that um, this helps you understand what's going on with the pandemic. And I hope it helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow.